Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Blast from Our Past Network. Hello and welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we reach back into your childhood, pluck out a movie and have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade and welcome back. Watched it so many times before, and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it, and now you show it to your friends, and they're like, What? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why this film? And I'm joined this week by Miss Sips from the What Size Drink podcast. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> how are you? I'm so sorry. I'd like written down the name of your podcast. And I was like, where is it? Oh my God, what? Oh, I don't Don't worry. It's, it's a handful. <laughs> Trust me. It's a, it's a big handful to say sometimes. Even when I'm recording, I'm all like, wow, I, I have a lot to say. Okay? <laughs> yeah. so, so. It's, it's brilliant. Um, tell us quickly how you like came up with that name. Like, what is your podcast? Definitely. Um, so my friend actually... <laughs> It's Chloe, and she's actually been on the show a couple times, believe it or not, and uh, we worked together at the time, and I used to give her my movie reviews via uh, drink size, so if the larger the drink, I wasn't really anticipating it. The smaller the drink, you know, I had big anticipations for it, mm. so like one day, I think one of the biggest time streams was Avengers Endgame was, was coming up. And uh, I was all like, I'm going to bring a soda can into the theater because I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> yeah. so, and she has been on her own route of creativity and she listened to a lot of podcasts. At the time, I didn't listen to like a lot, but now I'm crazy about them because I am a podcaster now. Mm-hmm. So, and we tried it one day. She's like, let's podcast and see how you like this. And from then, it's, it's been a crazy ride. Like, I... You can't see it. <laughs> All these mixers and, and oh, wow. everything. It's, it's crazy. So I am trying to be a full-time podcaster like everyone else in this world who wants yep. to be a full-time podcaster. Um, and yeah, I'm working on rebranding right now. I know my, my fan base, the Sippers, are like, what's going on? You've been so quiet. Where are you? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's just when you have life and you're trying to do that at the same mm-hmm. time, you know? Like, it's, I'm so not a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. So, yeah. Amazing. That's, that's exactly where I am right now. I am shifting gears. I'm trying to step outside the box and kind of own it all in together. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Love it. It's yeah. a great podcast. Definitely check it out. Um, Similar vibe to this one where it's just very sort of casual. Yeah. Talking, um, but it's so much fun. You're very funny. <laughs> Thank you. You are too. I, I think I love how lax and, and great you are. Like, I'm like, I'm thinking the same team. Thank you, girl. I love it. I love it. And like props to more movie-based female-run podcasts. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, I'm glad that yeah. you said that because mm-hmm. like my rebranding is actually moving in that direction, more female-based, you know? 
So, and it's not that don't don't like my male, you know, actors, actresses. No. I mean, a actors and directors and screenwriters, you know, mm -hmm. but still the females are on the come up, you know, it's, you know, females are the future. So, 100%. <laughs> So I'm very excited because your chosen movie is E.T. The Extraterrestrial, came out in 1982. And the IMDb breakdown, a troubled child summons the courage to help a friendly alien escape Earth and return to his home world. What's your relationship with E.T.? Um, when you first asked me, I was, man, I was between this one and a couple other movies, and E.T. is just a stronghold. Like, I remember when my mom, she introduced me to it, because, I, of course, I was not born during the same time <laughs> as it was being made and put out, but um, I think what I like about it is, because I watched it as a kid, and you see this kid go through a divorce in the background, you know, mm -hmm. um, and he finds his little alien friend. And my parents went through a divorce too. Uh, however, I had my sister to rely on, but just to see that play out and how, how he relied so heavily on, uh, on ET as a friend, it's mm -hmm. the, the relationship that they build and it's it's amazing over a short period of time yeah think about it it's a short period of time that they're together yeah you know um and of course et's you know he's extraterrestrial so that also heightens the whole <laughs> but it's it's great uh i think that that in itself really hit home for me the friendship and also just relating on the whole background part of it because not, yeah. not many people realize when you first see the first scene you know um besides et's arrival but when elliot and his family are in the background and his mom gets there and she kind of is in a little bit of an upset mood because of their father mm -hmm. you know you, you get the just of oh wow just went through a divorce yada yada she has all the kids you know i don't know what the yeah. he looks like yeah but <laughs> well he's in mexico yeah and that's heartbreaking it's just summed up in one line she just turns around and goes he doesn't like mexico and then like right. on screen and you're just like oh god so much such clever screenwriting so much weight has just come from these small moments and we're still seeing it through the children's eyes because i didn't really I may have watched this once when I was a kid. It was definitely mm -hmm. like, I knew it. I knew the like, da, 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 Yeah, yeah. And the flying across the moon. But I'd only ever really watched it once. And then it came on TV a few months ago. And I was like, oh, E.T., I haven't watched that in ages. Like, oh my God, I'll, yeah, I'll fucking sit and watch E.T. Love E.T., right? It's cool. Uh -huh. It's E.T. I cried the entire way through the movie. Oh, wow. Like, everything made me cry. <laughs> like, the music, the frog scene, when he's dying, when he comes back to life, when he flies, both times. I thought and I was bad. I mean... <laughs> I was like, why am I crying? When he's... Ah! I literally... I can't... I, yeah, I just literally, I cried from start to finish. And I was like, my God, like, what was that about? And then I rewatched it for this chat and I did the exact same thing. I was just like. <laughs> it's, it's 
tearjerker. I tell you, it's a, it gets you every time. And you know, we'll we'll, we'll talk about like the the last fifteen minutes of the movie because that's that's oh. the best part, honestly. I yeah. think. But like the, the 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 time frame as you go through it, it it really pulls you in one thing yeah. after another. It's like, damn it, Steven Spielberg, why are you doing this? <laughs> Literally, he has such a a, a cursed gift. Of, of just chucking these characters on screen and you're instantly like, oh, that's my new best friend. Like, I am, right. a, I am a member of this family now and I'm going through what they're going through. And very few movies have that instantaneous, like, it's so clever. And I was watching it and I was thinking a lot about Stranger Things and I loved the first season of Stranger Things. Oh, Stranger I love Stranger Things. I'm glad you brought that up. And obviously it draws a lot, a lot, a lot from E.T. among other things, obviously. And um, I was so happy to see this being homaged in this way. And then I was re-watching E.T. and I was like, Stranger Things is like a cold clinical operation compared to this movie. Yes, yes. Like it's so, it feels so much more cynical and it's not. It is yeah. it's still coming from a place of love and um, nostalgia. But watching the original, I was like, yes, like, Stranger Things has got nothing on E.T. Like, there's just oh, something. Nothing. nothing. It could literally just be the fact that they'll have been using, like, a Super 8 camera or, like, the CGI isn't very good. Or it, it could literally be little technical things like that that I'm picking up on in, like, a, aha, this is the real deal. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. But, it, yeah, I was just suddenly, like, this is so in inviting, as you say. I feel so warm watching it, and it's so ch and it's the same with Gremlins and the original Jurassic Park. All of these right. like movies, you're instantly in their world. Like very clever things. Like you, I noticed you didn't, other than his mum, you don't see an adult's face until the government comes. Yes, in. yes. So oh clever. my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> it is clever because everything is focused through a, a child's eyes, through a child's. <laughs> You know, mindset of yeah. how they see and view things, and when you when you really think about it, children see things as is. Yeah. You know, they don't really. They're not judgmental. They're not you know discriminatory anything like that. And I think that's great. Mm -hmm. That you know, especially the way the world is right now. And yes, it's a whole different topic. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just to see that kind of magic, and you think as a kid too, when you first you know, started having your own experiences and being exposed to things. You just take them as they are, Yeah. you know? And it's just like that in this movie. Elliot just takes E.T., you know, as he is, mm -hmm. you know? Like, hey, just come in my house and eat my food and yeah. take my pieces, pieces, you know? <laughs> you know, and he, like, invited him like it was a sleepover, you know? <laughs> And then he's got you know? an even deeper understanding because he has that literal connection to him where mm -hmm. they, like... Oh God, it's so, it's so good. It, like, cause they could have easily have done this without that, but because oh, they yeah. did it, it's so much better. It like adds like 40% of the brilliance to the movie. Yes, yes. And then there was like a, um, like a mysterious magic to it, you know? Like yeah. everyone is very, it, I guess has a little taboo topic of UFOs and ET, but you know, Steven as well as the cast too, made it seem like wow it's okay to be friends with aliens you know like it's it's awesome you yeah. know it doesn't have to be so taboo as we think you know mm -hmm. and i think that plays a part into the whole 
you know, kind of magical sense of the whole story playing out. Like I think, it, I think it's so cool, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the, and, uh, speaking of magical things or maybe even imaginary, you know, a lot of people don't know that Steven Spielberg, you know, when his parents got divorced, he had imaginary friend. So that um, was a little bit of basis you know, for the screenwriting for this, mm -hmm. you know, and he worked with, um, I can't remember if she was a producer or uh, also another screenwriter, but her name was uh, Melissa Matheson, and he worked with her um, to get this screenplay going for E.T., so, and it's interesting how Steven draws from his own experience, you know, and plays it out in here, too, you yeah. know? So that, that in itself, I think is cool. It's so cool. And it, you can, you can feel that you can feel the solid foundations of this movie and you can mm -hmm. feel that they've come directly from the feet of Steven Spielberg. Like, you know, right. that this movie was important to him. You know how much time and care was taken into every decision that was being made. And, and I think that's why it comes across as such a solid movie i could probably watch this movie every single day like i'm not even oh gonna my lie. gosh thank you like i actually have um <laughs> what is it the the ending theme by john williams like mm -hmm. on my spotify <laughs> and i listen to it every day it's yeah. 15 minutes and two seconds like i know exactly <laughs> what happens every single time yeah. and people think i'm crazy and, no. you, know, you know some people are just listening and stuff and here i am freaking out john williams and i'm like duh, 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 duh. <laughs> yeah, man. you know and you have the images of what's happening every scene you know yes. matched so beautifully and i've never i i always knew like john williams is obviously amazing and he works really well with steven spielberg right. we, we all know that and then it was when i was watching literally just now and the spaceship the door goes up and the music's like bomb and then the music just sort of like cuts and then it comes in really slowly as the little like thing closes in on et and he disappears yeah. from sight. and i was just like Oh, yeah. that, that was a tearjerker <laughs> right there that screenshot that cinematography was off the chain right there mm. like to, to close in on his heart beating like <laughs> right <laughs> everything about that scene and the mom who's just bad he's just like exhausted from the whole thing and right Probably my favorite character, that random dude that's just like, I've been waiting to see an alien since I was 10. Oh, and yeah. And yeah. she's like, we're going to see the spaceship. And he's like, oh, my God. And like gets in his car. Oh, and he's God. like, yes, live your like, dreams. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And he's just a tiny little character. I can't even tell you his name. Tiny little character in this. In this it tells movie. you, too, just like what you were saying, you know, like, Stephen put so much focus on the kids, you know, when you see the adults, you're like, why are you even, why are you even in this shot? This is for the yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So, but now I, I, I think that's great. Like mm -hmm. this movie, oh man, did, did you know that they actually were thinking of doing a sequel to this? Oh God. Yeah, and it turned out that Alien, uh, no, Alien, uh, Elliot was supposed to be kidnapped by some bad aliens, according to, uh, I think it was Wikipedia, <laughs> if I was on, and uh, <clears throat> E.T., he was supposed to, like, phone E.T. to come save him, 
And it's like, can you really see E.T. in a right? battle in a, with another alien? Like, like the queen from Aliens. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh. He'd be murdered. <laughs> 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 he would be so murdered. Like, like I no, no way. Mm-mm, no, stop. No, they, they totally scratched it because they were like, oh, I don't think that's going to work out very well. Because you know? as you initially pointed out, very rightly so, this movie isn't about uh, a kid and his alien friend. It's fundamentally about a kid going through a divorce. Yeah. Like, all of Spielberg's movies aren't about what we think they're about. They're about community trying to save their property from like landowners they're Mm -hmm. about like the question as to what we do with the scientific advances that are given to us like it's it's not just about the like surface level poster that we see and that and that's what makes them so good and that's what makes them so timeless and i think the only worthy sequel for et that we got i don't know if you had it over in the u.s you must have done sky over christmas had henry thomas come back and reprise his role as elliot in an advert and and ET came and visited yes. his now grown up family. I think it was perfect. That, that, that was short little perfect. Christmas thing. I, I think for over here they did with um, Xfinity, but that short little snippet was perfect. They yeah. they did not That's need anything else. All we needed, yeah, like a little nod to it. And when it came on, I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and that was enough. Right? <laughs> if they'd done a whole movie, I would have been like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I feel you on that. When I first saw it, I was like, is this what I think it is? Mm-hmm. And then when I, I was like, wait a minute. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it also it's, meant that I was like, wait, why do I know that actor? That can't, is that the right? you, Elliot? That's right. the same. Right. I go Google him and I'm like, fuck me. He's in like everything. <laughs> it's Elliot from E.T. <laughs> in Howling of Hill House. Like what? Since when? Oh my gosh. Blew yeah. my mind. Ooh, yeah, I know. Like, I, there's just so many great parts. Like, mm-hmm. the the one thing I want want to know, and I, I've never actually looked into this, is how did Stephen think of the scene where they're, you know, where ET wants to phone home and they do the whole bike scene over the moon? And to me, like, how did he think of that? Like. You know, when you're writing these things, I mean, do you really imagine that? Or do you, you know, like, I'm not a screenwriter. But that was such a magical scene. And, of course, the the music itself really played into that, you know? 100%. It's Um, so interesting. Yeah, like, was it that he was like, well, I know that I want them to fly. I have that image. And then someone else was like, oh, well, let's put it in front of the moon because that'll look nice. Or whether right. he was like, I need them to go in front of the moon because space and he's the man from the moon. And then someone's like, well, let's have them be on their bikes because that's cute. Or like, yeah, it's, it's so, you're so right. How every little thing in this movie is so perfect. And it's like, how did you come to that? How many rewrites and drafts and how many people gave you these ideas? Was it all yours? Oh, was it no. something that you'd harbored in your head from being a kid or something that you'd always wanted to do? Um, or did it was did you just turn around one day and was like, should we just try and stick the moon in the background on that shot? Right. Like, <laughs> it happen, you know, it, it makes me wonder if stuff like that really does happen. I, mm-hmm. I know some stuff it does, but you know, it's like it's kind of crazy to think about, you know. Yeah. And it's so um, iconic. It's yes, instantly iconic. 
um, unforgettable piece of like print screen desktop wallpaper mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. Like if you uh, know um, Steven Spielberg's uh, production company, Emblem Entertainment, mm -hmm. you'll see it in the background. Like it's it's that iconic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Literally. like it's like right there. It's like, oh, okay, I understand now. Who made this? Like, <laughs> you know? And he's provided us all with a very easy last minute fancy dress costume for all of our movie themed fancy oh, dress parties that we go to. Shove on the red hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, I have a little Frenchie, and I thought of uh, getting a basket and putting him in a white cloth and me dressing up as uh, Elliot. Yes! Doing <laughs> the little white scene. Yes! How it turns out, yeah. It's I'm perfect. I thought the ears would stick out like that, though. It's so good. Oh my gosh. So there are so many, um, we've obviously talked about the main iconic moment uh, mm -hmm. across the moon and then again across the sun with all the other kids. It's, it's funny, like I feel like I need to say that the CGI of that last moment hasn't held up, like in any sense. Oh, well definitely. But it, it doesn't matter almost. It's sort of like, I would, hate for them to go in and George Lucas it and try and update it. I love how you say George Lucas it. That is like <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> That's so perfect. Uh, no, I totally agree with you because like, you know, they're even doing that with like, uh, I think it's the Disney movies, the animated Disney movies back from the Renaissance era of Disney. Mm. And to me, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, like, yeah. it doesn't take away from the story. And I would say the same thing as you did when it comes to E.T. It's not, you're not there for the special effects. You're no, there for the story, exactly. you know? And you're um, so swept up in the moment anyway. Right. It's only right. that I was like, oh, that's really glaringly bad as they're coming down. But then I was like, who fucking cares, man? Like, they just, oh, right. like, yeeted themselves over the government. <laughs> like the what was it the scene where he leaves and the ship is there they do the rainbow it's like oh that was kind of rough but it's okay it's I love okay. it <laughs> John it's Williams okay. is there to be like the awesome part though is like E.T. was puppeteered you know so insane yeah so like some some parts you can see there was a little bit of the CGI part and then there's other parts you could tell okay he was a machine or someone's behind him doing the works like sesame street or something yeah. you know so i think that helps too kind of knowing how far they need to go to really make this you know happen uh well what scene was it uh, oh when elliot's older brother when he first sees et that actually is the first time that actor saw him. So oh, wow. His, yeah, so his reaction in that movie is completely genuine. Like, That's he's amazing. like, oh my God, this is where you guys, like, <laughs> it was so funny. So, oh man, I, I, when I read that, I was like, oh gosh, so that's like, he was really freaked out. Like, yeah, oh, I think I would be. Like, even <laughs> today, after we've had 20 years of it in our subconscious, I think if I was confronted with the E.T. puppet and it was being animatronic and, and its eyebrow was, like, moving, yes. and then it started being like, Elliot. I, I think I'd be a bit like, can I 
stand behind something, please. <laughs> Don't touch me, please. A bit much. I love puppetry. I love animatronics. I think it's brilliant. And and because it was so, I mean, obviously they didn't have another option really back then. Yeah. But like because ET is physically there and being controlled so beautifully, mm-hmm. I assume he's a Jim Henson creation. I I can't say for sure. Um, you know that is a good question. I don't, uh, I don't know if he is a Jim Henson creation. Um, no. I don't know who was like behind the the makeup and design. I know for sure. What is it? Her name. Um. I think Kathleen Kennedy was also on the production side because, you know, between yeah. her and Steven, as well as working with George Lucas, um, you know, she was, man, like, I got to give props to her. Uh-huh. Like, she's been, and she still is, but she has been in some of the, <laughs> I mean, behind the best, some of the best movies. Like, it's it's crazy. Go Kathleen. You, the future is female, people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh my god! But I don't—I don't really know who was behind that puppetry or that design. Actually, um, what I think was interesting, though, because you know, Stephen just did Close Encounters, and those aliens yeah. from there are completely different from what ET looks yeah, like. Yeah, so you know? true. I and, do love they—they they reference it in this one. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's so cute that like I mean, and of course you've got a bunch of Star Wars references in this one as mm-hmm. well. Like mm-hmm. again, it just it's so good because it's like this is your world. Yeah, like they also went to see that Steven Spielberg movie at the cinema, mm-hmm. and they have the toys, right? Because it's your world. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, he sums it up in a line. He's like, "Can he just boom himself up? This is reality, Greg." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's literally the best fucking line in the entire. I know, thing. right? Like I, I was just totally like, whoa, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, man! What kills me is when I don't know how they came up with the idea of the makeshift communicator. You know, yeah. like, I know what it's made of, but it's just the idea behind. I think it's great, you know, but mm-hmm. it's like how they come up with it's that classic like every movie in the 80s would open with that sort of like homemade device that would like crack open an egg or true or some water so i guess it's just taking that idea where they were like let's make shift fucking everything (laughs) (laughs) but the fact that even that this alien has this idea as well where he's like well i've been Mm -hmm. watching earth and you're all fucking batshit over making shit that does other (laughs) shit with shit that already exists like i'm just gonna put this fucking shit together here we go boom (laughs) (laughs) you know that kind of drops back to uh what is it back to the future i love cracking egg and stuff like that because in a way you know that delorean yeah maybe high in advance but you remember when doc was like putting some water or something in it yeah Something like that. It's all like, oh, okay. Now we're back to our level of how to make shit happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's kind of similar in terms of like 80s, make it simple, science, mm-hmm. you know, sci-fi, you know, gadgets. It's fun as well. You know? Yeah. So. Nothing's dangerous. Nothing. Right. 
Like, right. and I think that's why it's so nice having that character there when the government are like, oh, quick, a fucking alien, let's like do all these fucking tests and shit. We right. do still have that adult figure that's like, this is so important to me because I love aliens and you have one here and please don't hurt him and we should maybe listen to the kid and like it 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 really pushes that he's very good at not just being like all adults are pricks kind of yeah. thing which yeah. i think is important because otherwise you could pro- possibly go forward in life um i mean is this a movie that you watched frequently since being a kid and then like like ongoing oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. like and I, <clears throat> like seeing it as a kid is magical it still is mm-hmm. and I think my emotions are even more invested now yeah because I've seen how my life has played out and in, in as an adult now you wonder how is Elliot's life gonna play out after the divorce and then he met E.T. E.T.'s gone you know as a kid that I'm not saying that's completely traumatic but that's life but it's huge yeah you know? yeah so and it's still it's still a tearjerker. Like, yeah. I can't, I know, you, when you watch it, you already know what's happening, and you know what's going to happen. And your yeah. tears are already coming, even yeah. moments, yeah. you know? Like, it, it hurts every time. And my mom, she, she walk in sometimes, and she'll be like, you're watching this again? Like, <laughs> <"Good> moment, <laughs> <"Good> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, like, it's, Oh, yeah. as an adult, I still think it's fantastic. I can't wait to have kids and show them what they're missing. You know? I, and I think it will last. It will 100% last the test of time, especially because there's nothing really problematic in it and there's nothing really um, very dated in it. That yeah. it, it, it will be able to just be timeless in the best sense and that's huge in this day and age um i really think that kids coming to it now will enjoy it as you say because how can they not it's just such a it's such a good story Mm -hmm. and that will out for everything and Um, i think also like it you know we've we've seen the alien movies where they turn on you and when they you know like alien like no one wants to have something come out their chest and eat them later. You know, <laughs> and spit acid on them. You know, like, that in itself is fucking crazy. You know, it's just nice to have that one alien. And I know there's a couple others out there, but they're not as sensational. Good. As one, yeah. You know, that doesn't go after you or <laughs> yeah. was here to cut your throat, you know, like punch you down like predator. <laughs> You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh. it, it's nice to see that in a different light, too, you know, because yeah. everyone's all about, you know, probing and this and that. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're going to come get us and extinct us, you know? <laughs> so it, it's nice to see it from a different perspective, you know? Definitely, definitely. And, yeah. um, of course, we have baby Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Yes. Little baby Drew Barrymore. Yes. She's uh, fabulous. I would die for oh Drew Barrymore. God. And the crazy part is when Steven, uh, when he casted her, it was so funny because he already knew her and he already knew how she was. And he was thinking, you know what? She'd be perfect, you know? Because, like, the way how, because he also had, like, a, I think a little brother or a little sister, too that he used to like terrorize and stuff. 
So he also got influence from his own siblings and how he used to treat them, mm-hmm. you know, with casting and stuff. And that really kind of helped with Drew Barrymore. And he wanted that, I guess, um, that part to be very curious, but also very like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, and she, she was legend too, you know, coming from the Barrymore family and her own career itself, you know, she's, she's mm-hmm. awesome. I love Drew Barrymore, yeah. you know, I, if I have so to say, time. I think she's the most famous out of that whole cast. I don't know anyone else who's yeah. like done much at all. Yeah. 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 Or know? like, and like, I've, I've <clears throat> obviously seen Henry Thomas and other stuff, but I never knew it was him. Right. I always right. know that that's Drew Barrymore. She is. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I love her in it. Uh, I like it when uh, she hides or they hide in that closet. <laughs> it, it also when she dresses <laughs> him up. <laughs> and he's like, oh, God. Right? What have you done? <laughs> And he just takes it in his stride. He's like, I look great, Elliot. Right? <laughs> so good. I was wondering where she was in that commercial. Like, I was hoping she would Yeah, pop. that would have been really cute if she'd like come around to visit or something. Right. That would, right. I mean, she probably couldn't afford her. <laughs> Let's right? be honest. You're right about that. They or like probably. Skyped them or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, That's such gosh. a good point. Next Christmas. Right? Oh, man. And um, I have to talk about the scene where E.T. gets drunk AF um, in the house and everything he's doing, Elliot's doing at school, which is yes. a beautiful scene. And it's taught, it rises up to this moment where all the frogs are running around and it's right. kind of gross. And like the <clears> thing <throat> happens on the film, E.T.'s watching the film and the actors are like doing this dramatic, like grab from the dog, spin around, kiss her. <laughs> and Elliot does it in the like biology lab with this like random girl from mm-hmm, his class. Mm-hmm. And I cry, I cry at that moment because I'm just like, this is such a cute, clever, brilliant idea. And it's played out so adorably. Like Elliot has to get another kid to like stand on so he can reach the girl because she's like three times right. his height. And it just, everything about it I was like you're right it's just like how did you come up with this like this right. is so good <laughs> I, I love the part like it it plainly like you said in a clever way just says wow they're connected in a telekinesis way like mm-hmm. plain and simple and you know in other movies they make it sound so serious or it's a epiphany moment and then more serious shit happens no, not in this book. No. You know, <laughs> it, it happened a completely different way. Yeah, uh, I loved it. Yeah, I think it was great. I like seeing ET get kind of. <laughs> yeah, the like, use of the puppet is so so comical. When the mom comes in and Gertie's like, "Mom, I want you to meet someone," and she opens the fridge door and I like whacks ET collapses, and Gertie's like, "I think you might have killed him, though." <laughs> it's just like hey. So much is happening and every bit of it is like so well choreographed and like like it looks so casual and improvised, but you know that it is like tight and right. that's to be respected. And this whole movie is that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like 
it's it's interesting though like to share like how clueless mom was during the whole thing you know because it must be terrifying for her to think back and be like so when he was talking about that goblin first time round, he was in a field alone with that creature that i now know is safe but there was a time where she didn't so she must have been i she she's an excellent under stated performance mm-hmm. throughout of you feel safe when she's around and she's not a bully she's she's, she's clearly going through her own stuff as well but she yeah. does try and put the kids first and god to have three kids of such varying ages must be so Ooh. hard yeah yeah i mean completely different ages too mm. like i could not imagine there's a mother doing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was, like, wondering, like, because I, I know for sure my own mom, she heard me talking to myself or thinking that I'm talking to myself. She she held what came in that room instead of just knocking on Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I know for sure I held a bit like, ah. the door down. <laughs> right? Yeah, who the hell is this? Um, my friend. <laughs> they found him in the forest. Exactly. <laughs> you know? No um where they're taking pictures for halloween you know (laughs) and they're saying this is gertie and gertie's like under a sheet even though it's like as a mom would you really think your little girl would be under a sheet yeah (laughs) and you can see that it's not the shape of drew barrymore as well and but you get it because she's got all of this stuff going on the minute you bring something like that up you just be like well you know she's going through a lot so, right, she probably missed right. stuff. Yeah, so oh, they, oh, they thought about it. They thought about everything. Oh yes, <laughs> they, they thought about those parts carefully. You know, the in, other interesting part, I, you know, I was looking up when I uh, found this movie too, is that Stephen he kept a lot of the child actors separate from the adult actors, oh. so they can still be. He wanted them to feel like. You know, we're actually going to go through this as if it was the movie or the story being mm-hmm. told, you know? So they would really just appear during those times and they would um, film it as the, as the storyline was going on, you know? So, so that way, cool. yeah, that way he could like draw the real emotions from them, you know, and really build them up in each yeah. character. And I thought, I was like, wow, that's, wow, that's smart. You that's know? really, like, really cool. That's such a good idea because kids especially could form such a strong relationship with like mm-hmm. the guy that's meant to be like, I don't know, stealing their alien friend from them. But by not <laughs> ever seeing that person until he comes in to take your alien friend away, you'd be like, sorry, who the fuck are you? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Get away. That's so clever. That's such a good little idea. So simple. I know. It's clearly so effective. I do love that. You mentioned earlier about how, like, um, he saw E.T. for the first time in that Mm -hmm. scene. I really love that kind of thing. Like, in Alien, they didn't tell the cast that John Hurt's chest was going to burst and so all of their reactions are real. I hate when directors take advantage of their crew and their performers and they like in the exorcist, the director just slaps a man around the face to get a better performance out of him. Like, I absolutely hate that. And I really want to make the point now to just be like, those are two completely separate things. Mm -hmm. And one is a really cute, clever, harmless 
way right. of making your movie cool and better and you know and it's not that you know they didn't trust that actor to make a good reaction face because if you've seen the alien for the first time and made a shit face then they would have just gone with the second take like it's not the end <laughs> of the world <laughs> but like it's nice to have that as a reaction shot in that way whereas slapping your crew and cast around yelling at them uh, i mean all of the shit that hitchcock did to his actresses like that's just fucking abuse and like yeah even I would argue things like when Tarantino strangles that actress in Inglorious Bastards. Oh yeah, uh, like I've heard that about kind that. of thing. I'm just mm-hmm. a bit like, is that necessary? Right? Like, is that really necessary? Like, no. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's not. You know? It's something I'm really passionate about. That it's usually men, male directors, mm-hmm. usually white, and often doing doing it to these people that don't seem to be in a position that, to fight back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they'll just lose their fucking job and it's it, it's it's abuse and um yeah I went on a little tangent there <laughs> no no I, I, I totally agree with you and it, this speaks to this movie because it really shows you like the respect that Spielberg yeah. had to set the understanding mm-hmm. that he was working with children as well right and like he he has I don't know if it's him I don't know if he employs someone to do it but the performances he always gets from his child actors are always like brilliant. Oh yeah, and I sometimes I feel like Spielberg, you know, he honestly prefers child actors. You yeah. know, I they, think they get Spielberg, it. He writes yeah. for them, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And I, I think like so. in most of his movies, he has at least one child actor. At least mm-hmm. you know, Jurassic Park. You know, uh, Close Encounters. Uh, Poltergeist, yeah, everything. And Schindler's List—it just keeps going and going. You know, the color purple, like go, but you know. So, and I think that's amazing because when you see things through a child's eyes, you know, like it's a whole different ball game. Like, yeah, you see it through adult eyes, and you do see how it changes them. But you know, a child's a child's mindset is so critical in development. Yes, you know. I, I think that's where it really plays into like, wow, oh my gosh, that child just went through that. That's traumatic. Mm-hmm. Or that's really devastating. Or that's amazing. Or, you know? Yeah. It's so so I true. think it just, yeah. And then that, whole, that plays into the whole Elliot thing too. You know, like he's in that development stage. He's out of toddler stage, but he's like elementary, middle school, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. And that's that's a big stage to be going through, you know, and all the kids are, you know. Yeah. Um, and just to see that, you know. Oh, man. It's kids. so good. Yeah. I, it's, it's brilliant. And I, I think there's a quote somewhere by someone that Steven Spielberg said that he makes the kind of movies that he always wanted to watch as a kid. Yeah. And I imagine yeah. it must be so fun. I don't know, but I imagine if you're a child actor on a set of a Steven Spielberg movie, that must be so much fun. Yes, <laughs> I would think it's fun. Man, like, this guy has been behind some very, like, awesome films, you know, and, and has produced so many as well. Um, I, I would like, I, if I, if I ever got the chance, I hella would hop on the opportunity. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, I know he's coming out with, um, West Side Story at the end of this year and doing the remake of that. So I'm excited for that. I don't know what else is coming, but I, I would hop on the, 
man, this guy's legend. He's, he's, him and George and a couple other folks are legend, you mm-hmm. know? So, and I, I give props to Spielberg because he's also not afraid to go there either. Yeah. You know, he's not afraid to go there. Even, you know, this is more lighthearted and some of the other stuff that he's done, you know, um, but he is not afraid to touch on like what, what you're saying, you know, you, you do have the superficial story and then you have the underlining story of it all, you know, for this, you know, a kid is going through a divorce and this is how it's playing out with his friend along the way with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you have like some deeper ones, you know, like Schindler's List is, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> you know, like I, that's all I have to say there, you know? So, and I, I think it's awesome that he can go, go, go from the basic needs of humanity and what they're going through to even the worst aspect yeah. of humanity too, Definitely. you know? Definitely the worst. And then he also sheds light here, you know, I'll transition a little bit more to the, like, we're getting to like climax part, you know, like when Elliot, you know, says ET's out there and you know the brother goes and gets them and you know they're both stick together you know and that just tells you right there how connected they are as friends mm-hmm. and then you have real you know NASA folks come up into the house and scare the shit out of everybody <laughs> yeah. you know and how such involved, an unnecessary entrance <laughs> right NASA and the government per usual you know, and it kind of shows you, like, oh, wow, also another underlining thing of, like you were saying, like, how far we want to, you know, take control of these scientific, you know, discoveries, you know, how much control are we going to have over it, you know, because it is typical for the government to come in at the right time when you're about to do something amazing, probably with your scientific discovery, and it's like, oh, it's ours now, sorry. This is us, yeah. So, but yeah. the yeah, the last fifteen minutes of this movie is um, you can't not watch it. If it's on, you're going oh, yeah. to the screen. It's it's such a fantastic lesson in pace and build up and suspense and joy and they so they they escape. Uh, ET's come back to life. The flower, the use of the flowers is yeah. gorgeous, and when he sees that the flowers are coming back. ET's alive, they they take the van and they're like recklessly driving that through the oh, neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. They get on all of their bikes, they're going, they're going, they think they've made it, it's so tense, they're going through the houses, <laughs> and then the government piles on them, so ET just like yeah, them up into the air. And then the music comes in and all the, the shot of the adults on the ground just like mm, Yeah, I so know. Like, oh, I can't this. like, oh shit, man. Like, no joke. Do you know that John Williams, he did that whole 15 minutes, you know, Spielberg purposely filmed it perfectly to that music. Like nice. he filmed every scene perfectly so it, it matched all the way through. And I was like, that is called being in sync with your friends. Yes. Like so in sync, like it's unbelievable. Like I feel that way about um, Christopher Nolan and uh, I think it's Hans Zimmer. Yeah, Zimmerman. Yeah, um, I think I said his last name wrong, but they their music is also in sync too. That's such a good point, you know. And people they really downplay 
musical scores or mm -hmm. even movie scores and it's like no they really do add to the emotion it's so yeah. important if you put that on yeah. mute it yeah. wouldn't be the same movie that exactly. you're watching exactly it's like yeah. oh what did this kid do it what who the hell is this guy like yeah <laughs> Yeah, literally. It, it makes a big difference. It's part of the storytelling, 100%. And then on the other side of that, lack of music adds to storytelling. So you need mm -hmm. it so you can take it away for impact and stuff. And that, that doesn't even surprise me. I didn't know that. That's so interesting to know that they he literally he got the music yeah. and then storyboarded it to literally. the music. And, you know, it's funny. You sit here and you're like, well, why doesn't everyone do that all the time? That just makes sense. Right. Like that's how obviously you make a brilliant movie instead of just like slapping the music on at the last minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I that yeah, it's like it's like a dance. It's choreographed. It's oh yeah, beautiful. It definitely is, is choreographed. Like every scene is so uniquely just perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, like just from when they get there and then they shift to trying to, they're both E.T. and Elliot are right next to each other, you know? Um, and that scene is a tearjerker too, you know, mm -hmm. just watching him losing his friend. He's already going through the divorce and you just lost your good friend too. Like that death scene is intense, oh my God, you know? So and then sad. he's revived and it, it's just, your emotions are hooked at every point in second, mm -hmm. you know? So you're really in for the, the ride there. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> I know. It, it, it's crazy. Like, I, I was just, when I, when I saw that Steven, you know, he, he uh, edited to the music so it's right on point like it's it's so on point mm -hmm. and I also love the fact that he has kids on bikes running away because that's exactly what I would have done as a kid yeah. I had a bike if it was time to go I would have took the bike <laughs> and gone and it's more realistic that sense versus like kids trying to drive a car I mean they did yeah they didn't do it the whole way you know yeah um, it was more realistic of kids trying to get away from something you know mm -hmm. Definitely. So, um, it, it just makes it more real for the experience as you as a moviegoer and a person just watching. Um, it, uh, it's just, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Sums it up. Oh, my gosh. So, I, um, I think we'd be, I'd be interested to know if anyone doesn't like this movie and why. I would yeah. be really interested. Yeah what their argument would be. It's like, how can you not? Like, I yeah. know that people think E.T.'s weird because the way he looks. That's so Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking alien. What do you I want? Mean, <laughs> leave him alone. Like, come on, he's short and stubby and ugly looking, but he looks his pieces and he hangs with folks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I just... Uh, you know, the crazy of the part is, like, it actually first premiered here in Houston in uh, 1982. Yeah, H-Town for y'all. <laughs> I'm in H-Town in Texas. Um, and it first was previewed here. And, and that's when the reviews just took off. Like, yeah. took off like crazy, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, I, I don't just, make them like this anymore. They don't. 
it, you know, like even, you know, the top-notch Avengers, you know, that, that did have everyone hooked. And I know that's playing off comics and I feel like that's a different realm, mm-hmm. but you're right. Like it, it, Avengers wasn't magical. It just felt like, wow, this is awesome to see this pulled together in such a way. This is a whole different ballgame because of storytelling, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's just so monumental, you yeah. know? That's perfect. Um, That's I so can't nice. even, like, it, it is, like, my top movie. Like, people get so surprised when I am like, no, man. It's funny, isn't um, it? I guess because it's almost in our subconscious now that, like, E.T. is a good movie and everybody loves it. So when you when you hold it there, I guess my thing would be, like, well, of course E.T. is my favorite movie because how could it not be like it's right. like it's a, it's a perfect movie like exactly that, that doesn't count like right. everybody loves ct maybe that's it but maybe also just because it's like i mean it's in all of us isn't it i think as well i did i think you'd be hard to find someone that's never heard of et has never that couldn't tell you like if you were like E.T., what are you thinking? Someone would go E.T. Bone Home, right? And like another person would go like, oh, they fly over the moon. Like everyone, even if you've never right. seen the movie, you know E.T. Exactly, so unless you've been living under a rock. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you Literally. know, you're perfectly right on that. Yeah, like how can you not know? You know, mm-hmm. it's like saying I don't know who Harry Potter is, and it's like, yeah. whoa, whoa. <laughs> like you do I don't care if you've never read any of the books or seen right. any of the movies you know who Harry Potter is like exactly you know. <laughs> exactly you know um yeah this movie ah uh, I just can't <laughs> I just can't like oh it's just such a awesome movie and I'm so happy I'm, I'm so happy it's you know, like, not a lot of people know this, but it, when, you know, Star Wars came out, you know, like the first Star Wars, you know, um, and then when he puts this out, it surpassed Star Wars in the box office, really? you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it was nominated for, I don't know how many BAFTAs it was nominated for, but Academy Awards, there were, it was tons and it won four, but it didn't win Best Picture, and I can't remember who won that year, but the person um, who went up there to accept the award, he was like, you know, as much as I appreciate this award, I know E.T. deserves this because it was great storytelling and Holy it was a man Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, I just, when you think of it, that's all you can do. It's just, just take it in. Yeah, it's... um it's impossible to articulate why this movie is so good and even when you can articulate and break it down it's still just something about the feeling of it it just it's like a a really comforting hug this movie yeah it just it doesn't it's not too heavy but it's not so light that it's forgettable it's the perfect movie and that's why Spielberg is where he is today because he just makes fucking great Movies, you can't say shit about his movies. Like, you genuinely can't. Yeah. Don't yeah. ever come for Spielberg on my watch. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be like, 
start for me, bro. I made some What did you make? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what, what, what do you got? You know, <laughs> everyone's got to like at least one Spielberg movie because he's covered all genres. Yeah. He's covered all everything. He just his catalog. Ah. Oh man, it's it's ridiculous. Like he's got a large catalog, mm-hmm. really large one. But that between the the I think it was the the eighties to the early nineties, that was his prime. Yeah. You know, he ruled the screen. Prime time. You know, I mean, George had the the he also had the eighties too due to Star Wars and Samanese, but woo boy. I can't speak for everyone. I have no respect for George Lucas and I have a lot of respect for Steven Spielberg. Oh, I like how you said that. Please enlighten <laughs> me on that. I know we're going on a tangent, but they're they're friends. <laughs> so I I gotta know this. It just Steven Spielberg didn't feel the need to go back and tamper with any of his stuff. He I'm sure he is as capitalist and commercial as uh lucas Mm -hmm. um, possibly but it never felt that way it always felt like he was making these movies because he wanted to and because he needed to whereas especially these days george lucas feels like he's doing stuff for money and it's just that very simple difference maybe he didn't start out like that but i think spielberg seem to have a better hold of his movies as well. Like when you look at some of the original ideas Lucas was coming out with and that people had to turn around and be like, you can't do that, shit. And I, I don't know the stories of whether Spielberg, that happened to Spielberg or not, but I can't imagine, because it all came from his own past and experiences, yeah. I can't imagine it would be the same. So yeah, I don't know. I can't, <laughs> like, I can definitely tell you, yeah, you're right on the whole, especially Star Wars is definitely commercialized to the 10th power, like mm-hmm. beyond. And I, he's getting paid like hand over fist, you know, like <laughs> it is crazy, you know. Um, I know that a lot of people have definitely take over, you know, Disney is now taking over the whole Star Wars deal. Um, and I know that he has an extension of what to say, uh, but I don't necessarily think that his whole hands are completely in it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like he, I think he has his tidbits, but I don't, I don't think he's like fully into it anymore. So I feel like it's partially him as well as Disney because Disney commercializes Oh. anything that yeah. is like the, you know <laughs> if that, it moves they'll come out like yeah it's like oh toy you know <laughs> hey, Mark, you know so um yeah i i totally get you uh and, and also too like a lot of people forget you know george force i think his first real movie that people recognize is american graffiti you know mm-hmm. not many people go back to that film at all you know, and that has nothing to do with sci-fi or anything. That's yeah. like a whole different ball game, Literally. you know? Uh, and yes, he did change the sci-fi game and visual effects. So all that ordeal with Star Wars when it promoted, I think it's awesome, mm. you know? But I also think it's lost its... Um, Charm. Yeah. Everything is now... Um, and I mean, I've seen all the Star Wars, and I've decided that that's probably going to be my last Star Wars after the one that came out last year, because yeah, I just can't. I'm, I'm over after, Yeah, after Skywalker, it's like, what else can you do? You mm-hmm. know, he was the main guy. Like, 
I don't want to know about these other people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't want. Or, what I found was I do want to know about these other people, but I feel like you're not letting me. After The Last mm-hmm. Jedi, I was like, amazing. Star Wars is for me as a new pe- fan, a new person. Yeah. Like I'm interested in this world and I want to see where we go in it. And then they were like, no, 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 no. Ignore everything that <laughs> happened in that movie. We're going to come back to this bullshit from the 70s. Get get out of our fan base. Get get." <laughs> out no this is for the 70s star wars that's really how i felt i was like jesus fucking christ all right i'll leave bye fuck you like ah that's my take on the star war <laughs> yeah it's well and you know it's you know that has ended avengers has ended mm-hmm. you know and, and i'm, that, I'm, I'm no. over them all i'm perfectly happy Ooh. that they've ended and you know they haven't ended like oh, no. we all know they haven't finished but they're not getting my money anymore like <laughs> and that's the thing i think the difference spielberg i mean you can argue whatever you want about the jurassic world thing i was actually very uh, excited to see jurassic world and i enjoyed it um but i didn't have an affinity with the original movie as much whereas when i go back and watch the original movie i'm like oh yeah jurassic world fucking sucks in comparison to this <laughs> but like other than that i can't think that he's been so obsessed with now i'm alive because he did the same for indiana jones i'm trying to fight this man's corner and every time i, I, I think of anything i'm like i'm a personal fan uh, of indiana jones but only select ones i think my favorite one is with with harrison and, and sean connery those are that's my favorite one like top that's like top indiana the rest of them, they're okay. You know, the first one's yeah. fine. But that that one had me dying. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think I don't know if we're gonna see George as directing anything. I think he's personally done. Uh Spielberg never, you know, he's still going. Yeah. You know? um, but we'll see, yeah. you know. But I think you're totally right on the commercialization of these big franchise movies, you know, mm-hmm. really big ones. But then know? I've just like, I think, yeah, Spielberg still does it. It just, I don't pay as much attention, I guess, about it. Yeah. I just pretend it hasn't happened. <laughs> his, his movies just have such a, I can't say, George really has Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Those are his two top, you know, Spielberg has so many, Yeah, you know, and they all touch on different, topics of humanity yeah. you know so i think that's why he has a better standing in the film industry and when mm-hmm. it comes to respect you know yeah um I agree. You know, george does but i feel like on a nerd base <laughs> yeah yeah he's tapped into his market he's got right. that for life exactly and there's tons of nerds in this world mm-hmm. you know including myself but yeah yeah i think they're they, they're good friends, but they're on two different... Yeah, very different you know? sides of the same coin, almost, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. oh, I liked what you said when uh, you are like, I wish they made movies like this again. And I know we talked about it, but I, I really hope they do. Yeah, know? I thought they were gonna, a few years back, Steven Spielberg made Super 8, didn't he? Which was meant to be him. Oh, yeah going back and I I'm not gonna lie I went to see it in the cinema I can't really remember it yeah um, I feel you mm-hmm. just 
yeah, someone needs to come in and just be a good storyteller for children. And you know what it is? And this is the whole reason I run this podcast is the lack of respect for your audience. Because mm. when Illuminati Entertainment, sorry, Illumination Entertainment, <laughs> come out with their ugly bullshit movies that treat kids like fucking morons and mainly appeal to like 50 year old adults so they can share minion memes on Facebook. That's not treating your audience with respect. Steven yeah. Spielberg takes these heavy topics and covers them in fun stuff. And it's a clever movie. And like kids aren't fucking stupid. And yeah. stop treating them like they are. Stop giving them chewing gum for the eyes when mm -hmm. you could give them a three course meal. And yeah, they might not like all of it, but when they grow up, yeah. they'll start eating more, like, and they can go back to it. And like, ah, and you can still make toys out of good movies, okay? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're so right. I mean, especially with the way technology is, kids have more access to things than we did back in the day, you yeah. know? So, and um, that really changes the way someone consumes information and media and everything, you mm -hmm. know? So I love how you said, <laughs> you know, chewing gum for the eyes. <laughs> I love it's it. So, it's so insulting yeah. whenever I see a poster for some bullshit movie that's come out for children and I'm just like, Stop! Like, give them <laughs> something to look forward to. Yeah. That's why cinemas like are expensive. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, if they're paying 15 pounds to be here, I mean, they won't because they're kids, but they're paying like 10 pounds <laughs> to be here. Like, ugh, give them something that's worth that. Fuck you. Oh, I know you only do it because you can, but it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> Thank oh my you. gosh. Oh, Emily, I had a great time. So yeah, thank you so much. Where can we find your podcast? Where, oh, where so it is on Spotify and actually just wrapped up. I did a, a last slash bonus episode of the Oscars. Nice. Uh, brand, and we just went through each category giving our predictions. Um and we also talked about the lack of inclusion and diversity, <laughs> if you know yep. And also, do YouTube baptists. We all know what the hell happened to you, you mm -hmm. know? So, um, uh, yeah, so we just did that. But you guys can find me on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, and I'll, I'll definitely share the links, too, at yes. What's High Strength Podcast. Um, however, you might see some rebranding here. Woo! very soon so with a different name and hint so uh -huh. FYI. FYI. FYI yes yeah Emily you're great man you're awesome at this keep doing this please oh, thank you <laughs> we need some more like female movie driven podcasts like 100% that's another reason why I started because I was like I you know, I love my males, but you know, I want to hear some ladies who've got strong opinions. Yes, hundred so. <laughs> percent. Oh, yes, definitely. I have awesome. all the opinions. So. Yes, I love it. I love it. Oh, yes. it was so so lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on. And Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. You you've been awesome, and you're hilarious. You are. Thank you. So are you, man. <laughs> 
hilarious. hilarious so women. Whenever you want to bring me back, I got plenty of favorite movies we can discuss. Yes, I'm going to go back through to your list and then like bring you back on for all of Let's them. Let's do it. Give me some Let's excellent choices. I'm down. Yay. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time on Why This Film. Bye. Stay tuned at the end of this and every episode for your movie trivia question and to find out next week's film. If you enjoy Why This Film podcast, why not head to iTunes and leave a review? And you can now support Why This Film on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast where you can support us from as little as £1 a month. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook at Why This Film Podcast. Instagram at Why This Film Podcast and Twitter at Why This Film Pod. You can also find us on YouTube at Why This Film, where I post challenging movie quizzes for the film nerd. So check it out if you think you're cool enough. If you'd like to be a part of Why This Film and chat about your favourite childhood movie, email in at whythisfilmpodcast at gmail.com. It's trivia time, and the aim of the game is drink. I'm going to give you three rules from a movie drinking game. You just have to tell me what the movie is. Drink when Harry speaks in anguish. Angels with filthy souls is used to prank someone. You see the tarantula. To answer, head over to any of our social media pages, find the question and leave your answer in the comments. What movie are we doing next week, Emily? It's War Games. So there you have it. We'll see you then. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Why This Film Podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. Head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast and you can select a tier. For £3 a month, you can join Camelot and enjoy early access to episodes, including seasons one to three. You'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout out on the pod. For £5 a month, you can join Fern Gully. With instant access to everything from Camelot, Fern Gully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night. Grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Fern Gully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. And if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tiers, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. Or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash why this film podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We'll be adding hot chocolate to that coffee and probably cream and marshmallows and sprinkles, but you don't need to worry about that. Thank you to all who donate and thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why This Film Podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long lost movies and I hope you do too.